what is up what is up cynthia what is up knights how is everyone doing this morning it is 9 30 pacific 12 30 on the east coast about lunchtime for some of us we've got jack setter we've got cynthia freeland and we've got an incredible slate of games for wild card weekend cynthia where do you want to start? What excites you most about the six football games? You know, I think the the game I'm probably like for for kind of this like for fun. I think like Bengals and Raiders. Obviously, that one to me seems like ooh, that one. I'm really looking. I mean, look, they're all great games. We have we're really lucky to have like this slate, and then of course the Monday game seems pretty intriguing too because JJ Watt just returned for the Cardinals, so. We've got some interesting notes on that one, but for whatever reason, I don't know, maybe it's because like my newfound love of Joe Burrow. <laughs> I love, I don't know. I love that Bengals game. Plus it obviously speaks to how crazy the ending of that Raiders chargers games was last. I know we both wanted the tie, but yeah. you know, we didn't get it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's start with that game because I want to break down some of the numbers. One number that's really important is it's been over 50 combined years since either one of these teams have won a playoff game. It's been since 1990, which is before the text message was even invented, that the Bengals have won a playoff game. But since you are heavy favorites in this one, are the numbers on or off here? Could the Raiders upset a Bengals team? I don't think that they will, but I think it's going to be much closer than expected because if you look to see the strength of this Raiders team, it's bringing pressure without the blitz. So they're getting so much pressure, one of the lowest blitzing by percentage teams, but the highest amount of pressures. And they've from start to finish of the season, it's not like we have a few games against some crappy opponents where they just had a bunch of pressures and then that number really skewed their average. This is a team that from jump to the end of the season – led the entire NFL in terms of pressures and ability to generate pressures. And the Bengals O-line is not good. And Joe Burrow makes up for a lot of the problems there, but it's still, he's been, he has been sacked and pressured, you know, at a top rate in the league. So that is how the upset would happen if, if they did. And that's why I think they keep it closer. The last time these two played, since he ended up winning by a nice margin, but it was close in the fourth. And if you look at Burrow's passing chart, that's probably the one that people really need to focus in on. He didn't complete many deep passes. Nope. And since then, he has thrown deep against the Chiefs. He's thrown deep against the Ravens. He's had a ton of success down the field. Where do you think, who wins that again? Will Las Vegas be able to limit that? Or do you think they can open it up and go vertical? I think that they'll be able to open it up and go vertical, not because it's a disrespect to the Raiders secondary, because Casey Hayward, who came over from the Chargers this past season, Casey's great. So the other side, what's happened in these deep passing games in recent weeks is before it kind of started off where it was like a lot of Jamar Chase deep, and then defenses got keen to the Jamar Chase trick, and then they switched it to T. Higgins, and then defenses now have to choose between T. Higgins or Jamar Chase, and then occasionally the Tyler Boyd situation comes into play too. But then in addition to that, Len, like we've had some games where CJ Uzama has been really useful on these shorter passes. So now defense ha defenses have to pick their poison. And at that linebacker level or the safety level or the, the coverage, the kind of area where you have those hybrid coverage linebackers or safeties and they have to come in, that's going to be a problem. So I, I, I think it's just they don't have enough weapons to match up with all of the different options that the Bengals have. 
Totally. All right, let's stay in the AFC North and let's, you know what, throw out all the numbers and tell me what Big Ben was doing by at a press conference saying Pittsburgh has no chance. Let's just go out there and have fun. His teammate Najee Harris took exception to the comment. Is this mind games? Is this sarcasm? What did you hear from Ben about their matchup against the Chiefs? I, I thought that was weird, but I think he's weird. So I guess whatever. <laughs> um, I think that that like they're trying to play loose. And I think what they're trying to do with that is to say like, you know, you know, the team that doesn't care the most sometimes has a little bit better luck. Like if you feel like you're this total underdog and, you know, you're just like, all right, let's go have fun. It's probably similar to how maybe the Jags are feeling ahead of last week. Like, oh, we can play spoiler to like this team season. And they did with the Colts. So, you know, I, th I think that I think Ben's just whatever mind games. I'm not sure. I think the biggest problem that they have is that the thing Ben Roethlisberger does the most is throw quick passes. And the thing that the Chiefs defend the best is the quick pass. So it's just really a bad matchup in terms of what that offense can or can't do versus what that defense can or can't do. Cool. I agree. I think this is going to be a big time blowout for Kansas City. And it's nice to hear that the numbers back that up. Let's take a more holistic approach real quick. And before we dive into some more individual matchups, who's the team that the numbers are saying is severely underrated that we aren't thinking about? The Packers are the favorite in the NFC. The Chiefs, even though they're the two, are the favorite in the AFC. Is it a team like Tennessee where the numbers are actually really high on them? Who is it that we're sleeping on? You know, I think that um, I think it's probably the Cardinals. Um, you know, they obviously didn't win the division. Um, you know, interestingly enough, they're getting J.J. Watt back. Like I said, DeAndre Hopkins is not gone. You know, for this game, he's not back, but he could be back going forward. And by the way, it's very likely that he would have to play, that they would have to play two divisional foes in a row. It's very hard to keep playing these same people and over and over again for everyone involved, all of the different pieces that they have to figure out. And if you look to see what Kyler Murray's done this season, he's really improved significantly on under pressure passes and against the blitz. Like we're talking like 20% increase in wow. his completion percentage, like our 20 percentage points, right? Like not just a 20%, but a 20 percentage points that he's increased in his passer rating in, in both of these scenarios. And so it's going to be, it's going to be hard for a team. You know, I, I think that, you know, they're a bad matchup for a team, you know, the, the Packers, I, I don't know if the, that's a different story, but like, you know, they're, they're a bad matchup for a team like the Rams because they do things in very different ways that the Rams defense, the Rams defense at the linebacker level is not so great. So if you look to see what they do really well, it's kind of figure out that linebacker level. Yeah, and they've been the best team on the road this season. We just saw the Rams at home. They don't really have a home field advantage. No, Arizona. I was there. I was there. It was <laughs> you red. You can confirm. Yeah, it, it was. It was entirely red. Like the you know the the man who yells third down, and they're like, Ugh, and then all these. It was just crazy. <laughs> like all the all the red. There was a lot of San Francisco fans. Yeah, so probably more red in there on Sun or on Monday night. And Arizona beat them pretty handily in L.A. earlier in the season. So that's an interesting one out of the wild card spot. But I heard you quickly mention they could play a divisional opponent again. That kind of means maybe San Francisco beats Dallas. Sorry, Dallas fans. Are they on upset alert this weekend? Yeah, that's my second closest upset. I have the Cardinals outright upsetting the Rams, and I, wow. I have it being a very, very close game between the Niners and the Cowboys. And I think, 
look, the, the Cowboys are better suited to play a team that's built more like, like honestly, more like the Packers than they are a team that's built like the 49ers. I watched that 49ers team and what they're really masterful at is adjusting in the second half, adjusting, figuring out how, okay, this is where the, the holes are in the zone. This is where the, you know, when they're playing man, this is the man beater that we need to use. And they do really nice adjustments on offense and on defense to do both because San Francisco's defense is very high risk, high reward. They're going to rush and either sack you or you're going to give up a bunch of, or they're going to give up a, a deep, a deep pass. Right. So interestingly enough, that to me is, is a very weird combination for a guy like Dak Prescott, who we've seen some, I had a Midwest accent there, Dak, um, <laughs> Dak Prescott. I'm, I am from the Midwest, but I wasn't expecting that. But, uh, but you know, it, it's just an interesting, it's a, it's a, it'd be an interesting thing to see. Like if, if the Niners jump out to a quick lead, it's going to be hard for the Cowboys to come back. Yeah. And probably the coaching mismatch could be the largest gap in all of the games this weekend. I don't think you're a fan of Michael McCarthy and uh, Shanahan is obviously a really good coach. So let's say in the NFC real quick, this show is about analytics. So here's the numbers on the Eagles and the Bucks. In winner go home in the last five years between Tom Brady and the Eagles, the Eagles are one and zero. Does that matter at all? As Eagles fans are telling me they own Tom Brady, but they are still almost 10 point dogs in this game. Well, who I'm going to ask Eagles fans, who have they beaten with a winning record? I'll wait. <laughs> I will wait. Um, no, look, like I, it, obviously anything could happen. But when it comes to coaching mismatches here, this is a this is a problem beyond Tom Brady because what the Eagles have done, they rush the most. They've got the most rushing first downs, earned first downs from rushing attempts. And Todd Bowles, despite there are a bunch of injuries for sure, and that does matter. But we're talking like all you need is two less earned first downs, something like that, right? It's like a it's a small number to average and makes a huge difference putting you in these weird unfavorable third downs and distances so that you're now having to deal with a different sort of you know a, a much more easy to diagnose opportunity for that defense so when I look to see you know what what is the mismatch to me it's it's actually more about the Eagles offense and the defense for the Bucks than it is about Tom Brady doing whatever Tom, Bra you know, being owned by the Eagles. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that's a thing. I don't even know if I can say that without laughing. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Eagles fans, when you won that Super Bowl, Tom Brady threw for about 500 yards. So it's not like you own Tom Brady. Nick Foles no. just had the. He also the wasn't on the field for that Philly Philly play. Just so we're saying. That, you know? that is true. But let me ask you what the analytics say here, because we know the Bucks stout defensive front, but in the second half of the season, their rush defense hasn't been what it's traditionally been. Meanwhile, in the second half of the season, the Eagles rush offense top in the league. Is there truth to maybe the Bucks run defense is a little more susceptible than we would initially think? Well, they're more susceptible than we than they were in the beginning of the season because they're missing a bunch. They were, they have been missing a bunch of pieces. Lamonte David, you know, like tons of pieces, in fact. Right. And, you know, I know like Vita Vea is like a huge deal. So you basically need to see like who's going to, the, the other thing you need to factor in is that the longer these guys are not on the field, the more they'll kind of adapt and figure out the concepts from other players. So it's kind of both, right? Like it's not like they're saying, okay, well, we're just not going to stop the run now because our run stoppers are on 
the COVID list are on, you know, are banged up. They, they will adapt and figure it out, especially, you know, they've had a little bit of time now. I understand we've seen some like weird results against the Jets, et cetera. But remember, those, that took like a lot of tricks to get to that. Yeah. Not, you know, the, the Jets use tricks to do that. Good for them. Like it, that's awesome. But, you know, just just different. Okay, last game that we haven't talked about that I personally think is going to be a blowout, but the analytics say cold weather, maybe not too great of a situation for Josh Allen. Does New England have a chance in this one? Of course. I mean, again, it's that third matchup situation. It's going to come down to, for me, I I spent a lot of time digging into this one, Um, specifically just, I mean, obviously, like, you know, I did Bills preseason, so I'd really like the Bills to – keep winning because I enjoyed, you know, I enjoyed, and I, I, look, I, I'm going to be totally honest. It's all about me. Obviously, like I get to go to the Super Bowl this year and I don't want to go to another Patriots Super Bowl. I've already been to, <laughs> I've done that enough. Like it's, it's not personal. It's totally not personal, but you know, like uh, when I, when I watch the bills and what I see from this bills defense is the bills defense is really good at stopping play action passes, which is probably why in that first matchup, they didn't really get the pass game. Well, one, they didn't have to because Leslie Frazier and that defense, they did not adapt well. They were showing the same exact play over and over and over again, and they didn't adapt well. So this, And then the second matchup in Week 16, you know, going into that game, no quarterback had a higher completion percentage using play-action passes than Mac Jones. And in that game, he was at like 78.8%, so almost 80%. Then that game was like 36%, 4 of 11 you know, and an interception. So it's going to come down to can they defend the pass, specifically the play action pass, keep him from getting in rhythm. And of course, hold the run game to, I'm not suggesting stop the run game. It doesn't need to look like 50 rush yards. It just needs to look like not a lot of earned first downs on rush yards. And that's not a sexy thing to say, but it's limit the impact of the run game, shut down the pass game, and then keep Josh Allen and this passing offense going strong. And we've seen Devin Singletary come on as of late too, right? Like he's used in the short passing game. He's been used, you know, in that first, in that first matchup, you know, they did not run the ball kind of at all, right? It was only Josh Allen's legs. And then in the second matchup, they were able to get it going and the mismatch between Stefan Diggs, like had JC Jackson's number and, just Stefan Diggs is, I mean, JC Jackson's awesome. Stefan Diggs is awesome. We'll have to see how that matchup goes this time. But remember in that last week 16 matchup, they were down um, no Emmanuel Sanders, no uh, Cole Beasley, no, they were using Isaiah McKenzie and no Gabe Davis because of COVID. So it was like they were down a bunch of guys and Isaiah McKenzie really stepped up in that matchup, but so did Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Stefan Diggs, good football player. All right, speaking of the players, because we just ran through all the games and we've got a really good feel on what Cynthia and the numbers are saying, but there's a lot of variance in the playoffs because what's great about playoff football is if you fumble the opening kickoff or you get a big impact play early, variance comes into play because the numbers are a large sample size of data and one play can swing things. That's why I want to focus on some players for Wild Card Weekend. Talk to me about some players you have in mind who have really fruitful matchups. We've seen these types of players against these types of defenses. So we do have a large sample size to deal with. Who are you looking for to be the stars of Wild Card Weekend? Well, I'm looking at Debo Samuel specifically. And I think both in the rushing and the passing game, obviously he's listed as a wide receiver, but the rush yards, I think, you know, I think he's going to be up near 40, which is a, a lot of rush yards for a wide receiver. Uh, I think he's also really good at yards after contact and both yards after contact and yards after the catch with contact, right? So 
just him like muscling the ball for a couple of extra yards. I think teams underestimate the fact that yes, Dallas's defense has all these takeaways, but they're not good at limiting yards after the catch if, if they don't. So it's either, it's kind of all or nothing, right? Like they either take the ball away or they allow a, a, a big play. So I think Debo Samuel is going to be a really impactful player um, this week yet again. Um, I think that, you know, when I'm looking, I've, I've been looking to see like, okay, well, wh- what's, what's going to happen in this uh, Vegas situation? Is it going to be, you know, Josh Jacobs being really helpful, but I mean, look, I think Joe Mixon's going to see the end zone. I don't know which of the wide receivers that one's a little bit more obscure for me, but I, I think, you know, if I had, if I had to sort of guess like which ones are going to be targeting, it seems like the guys who are going to run the routes that are going to beat, you know, be the ones who end up in the end zone. It, it looks to me like there's a good chance of a Jamar chase situation just because I don't think they're going to put him on Casey Hayward. Just stay away from Casey Hayward, whoever's on the other <laughs> side of that. But I, but I like both of those two as well. Okay. I like a bunch of those picks. I think Jacobs is sneaky. People assume that the Raiders are going to be behind in a bad game script. I don't necessarily I don't believe that. And mm-hmm. so if you think it's going to be a close game, he's a sneaky one. How about someone, you know, we always like to talk positively about these players. And I think Debo's going to go off as well. But who's someone that has a really bad matchup that maybe won't have the wild card weekend we anticipate? I saw a number for Ben Roethlisberger that at one and a half passing touchdowns. And I think that's too many. I think he's going to have maybe one. Um, I think Ben Roethlisberger in this, like I told you, quick passes are, that's all he's doing. He's actually not super effective with him. He just has so much volume in it that he's getting a lot of yards based on the volume alone. So I, I think less than one and a half touchdowns for him passing touchdowns is a, is a really, is a really strong play. Um, I don't really like a lot. Of, I don't know if Najee Harris is healthy. Um, right. I don't know what's going on with that. If Najee Harris is not healthy, it could be even weirder. So you never exactly know with that one. Okay. All right. So Ben's not going to have the weekend. I'm trying to think if there's any other stars. You expect Cup to be effective this weekend. You expect some other players like uh, Stefan Diggs to be effective. What about, I mean, you mentioned that matchup. He kind of got JC Jackson the first time in the wind, in the cold, against Belichick in the playoffs. We know he takes away the number one option. Stefan Diggs, rank your rating on him this weekend. I think I think Stefan Diggs. I'm I feel more confident in him having like something like 70 yards, 80 yards than I do about a touchdown. Just because it's hard to break free from J.C. Jackson more than once. I just don't think that 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 that's a hard one. Um, but I I think the passing offense in general. Like I think Josh Allen's passing yards are going to be a nice high number. I mm-hmm. like you know I, I don't exactly know who they're going to. It would seem to me like you were going to have some. Let's see if we can. You know, last year, Cole Beasley was his favorite third down option, and it really hasn't materialized like that this season. However, playoffs sort of give you back your your best outlet, and perhaps this is the time where we see that you know Cole Beasley becomes more of that third down option again. Um, that's kind of how I'm. That's kind of part of my read on that. Plus, stay away from J.C. Jackson. Um, so I, I like that one, and I I do think Cooper Cup is useful in this matchup. However. I would be, I would be, I don't think it's going to be like over a hundred, you know, I think it's going to be like in the nineties, not, not yeah. over a hundred. <laughs> yeah. Cooper cup has been awesome this year. Let's get some questions in the chat. Whatever mm-hmm. you want, Cynthia to answer for wildcard weekend. In the meantime, two teams we haven't talked about because they're lucky enough to not participate in the festivities this weekend. 
What is the deal? What do the numbers say about Derrick Henry's potential return for the Titans? Does he make that big of a difference? As big of a difference as the media likes to say he does? I mean, they were pretty effective at rushing without him, but I do think that, you know, I do think that he makes a pretty significant difference. Now, here's my question. Can you guarantee to me that he's 100% healthy? Like, like, what are we talking about here, right? Like, are, like <laughs> that, that's the hard part because this isn't a position where, like, if he's feeling not as, uh, as strong as he usually does, what Derrick Henry does is he just runs right through people, you know, and he, he's just so massive and that, like, you know, he gets all of that weight going. So I don't know. I mean, yes, he does make a big difference, but I don't know if it's a huge difference. I don't think it's the difference between the Super Bowl and not the Super Bowl. I think it really helps, but I'm just more worried about their secondary because mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen them just get torched in the passing game. So I I guess like I mean we'll we'll have to see. And of course it's it's helpful. If, but if Derrick Henry is like 100 percent healthy, I think that does help limit the potential for other teams to have possessions, and that does help. But I, I if their secondary is the key to to me, their secondary is the entire key to their to the postseason for them. Yeah, and Tennessee is not going to have a friendly matchup no matter who comes out. You've got, if the three favorites win, you've got Mahomes and the Chiefs, Allen and the Bills, and Burrow and the Bengals. So not the greatest matchup in the world. I'm also short-selling the Titans. A lot of people think this is finally the year that Aaron Rodgers and the Pack get back to the Super Bowl. They have a somewhat friendly matchup no matter who comes out in the NFC and plays them in the first or the second round. What's the deal with the Packers? Do the numbers back up their strong play? Well, the Packers get a little lucky in that they're, I mean, first of all, their wins, their wins, they were in a bad division. And that means similar to Tennessee, if two teams in your division are not good, then it's it helps you both through your wins. So the thing that they get that's really helpful is David Bakhtiari is coming back at left tackle. And that's great because Aaron Rodgers hasn't really been under pressure so much this season, but that will that forecast to increase in the playoffs. He's second least pressured quarterback and he has the highest passer rating when not under pressure. Good luck stopping that. And then the other side, Jair Alexander returning. That's going to be a monstrous help, too, because their defense isn't the strength of this team. Their defense is not top you know, that top 10 in scoring, whatever, whatever metric you want to look at. But interestingly enough, you know, finding that, finding that edge in the passing game could be a key to an upset. But if Jair's out there, it's going to be a lot harder. Yeah. And is there any word on Zadarius Smith? Is he supposed to come back at any point in the postseason? I know they've been getting to the quarterback without him, but just another name that would obviously help. Yeah. I, I haven't seen anything on that. I'll have to keep an eye on it. I just, the one that I was just like, watching about Jair and David Bakhtiari. David Bakhtiari has taken like a long time to come back. So those yeah. two, I'm those two I'm sure about. I'll, uh, I'll obviously update you if I hear that. On cool. Today's. And I see we've got a question in the chat from agent uh, John Thompson. Take that off the screen. Take that out. The Steelers are not going to win this by negative 40 points, baby. But from agent agent asks who does have the best chance to keep Green Bay from winning the NFC. That's a, that's a great question. I mean, I honestly think that a really bad matchup for them would be a full-strength Cardinals team. Wow. A really bad matchup. In fact, I don't actually love the Niners against them, if, if you're a Packers fan. I think the NFC West is not a good, it's not a good matchup for, for, the, for the Packers because of 
in in a lot of ways because of finding like I, I haven't seen the Packers defense adapt very well over the second half. So if you get that passing game going, I don't I don't know if they can adapt. Now maybe that changes with some pieces returning, but I haven't seen their defense adapt very well, especially okay. to the run. You can you can run on the Packers. Absolutely. I, I know when I was watching the Ravens play them, they had success. We've seen other teams have a ton of success against them on the ground. And that's what those NFC West teams have been doing this year. They've been getting production. I think James Conner, I don't normally put a lot of stock in running backs. Like you said, Henry coming back, how much does it really make a difference? But Conner's been sneaky, really, really good, not just in the scoring department overall. So I agree. One of those NFC West teams could give them troubles let's do one final question in honor of john thompson we're going to borrow jiga's question besides the steelers who are going to lose by 30 points who is the biggest blowout this weekend besides pittsburgh losing to the chiefs i think it's going to be the eagles <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i i think i mean look i i think that that game could be quite lopsided in for a number of reasons but i i also believe that you know, they they haven't shown me very much of a uh, against really, really good teams. I don't have a lot of information about how they perform and because they've played a lot of teams without winning records. So, you know, it's that that is hard because you don't see how they're able to. One thing I look at when I'm going into playoffs, it's highly predictive is your ability to make adapt like to adapt and to make changes so that when something goes wrong, you can you can correct it. And that's hard. Yeah, absolutely. We saw Hertz in the first matchup. Didn't adjust at all. I think he had 40% completion percentage. We've seen a quarterback like Hertz, similar playing style, Lamar Jackson's first playoff experience did not go well. It was quite possibly the worst performance we've ever seen. And so sometimes I get worried about these dual threats. If you remove one element, which we know Todd Bowles will, will specialize in, can a Jalen Rager really take advantage of a of a weaker Bucks secondary? So I'm with you. I think Bucks big over the Eagles. Steelers, sorry, John, gonna be a big loss as well. Well, this was the analytics say. That is Cynthia. I am Jack. Thank you, Knights, for tuning in. Incredible weekends of incredible weekend of games coming. And shout out the floor of our Knights. A little at point three. We're feeling good about our Knights. Uh, you're going to need four figures to grab one off the marketplace. So go grab one before that's five. Everyone have an incredible weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. <laughs>